Hannah and Eric go birding in the Golden State. They think California is really great. Yes, we do. Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. He's Eric and I'm Hannah. <laughs> Switching it up. Switching it up. Uh, we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on burning topics. We're definitely not experts in anything that we discuss that might be controversial. We want you to remember that there are our own opinions, and they might be different from yours. So, there's been a little bit of birding news here and there. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's winter. Th- things happen, and usually they're, like, exciting things, but in, sm- <laughs> but in small groups of, of things. So, like, last, last uh, episode, we had a handful of stuff. This episode... Not not a ton, but there's a couple things on there, right? Well, our eBirds did go back to zero. Yep, reset to year. zero for the year. So that's <laughs> a bummer. Seriously. I was trying to find that um, circle, the family circle meme that somebody did. Oh, that yeah. Is the little boy sitting at the computer, and the girl's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm waiting for my eBird account to reset to zero. <laughs> and I was so disappointed that nobody, like posted that and then the time i by the time i thought of it it was like 10 o'clock on new year's eve so mm-hmm. it was like past the point when my e-bird resets so yeah like, eh, whatever right because it resets central time right i think Midnight it's east central coast time. time oh it's east coast well it's based out of the northeast of the u.s <laughs> I, well, I, I couldn't remember if it was ithaca. Central or east. Ithaca, ithaca new york all right ithaca so yeah it must be east coast yeah where their server time is yeah like everything else Based on the East Coast. So, uh, Eric, you want to tell us about the beer of the episode that we're enjoying as we record this? So, we, uh, you, you're not enjoying it, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, there, <laughs> <laughs> went down to the, the grocery store, got a, um, got a growler of, uh, some Gateway Brewing beer. It was, uh, a winter ale. It's, it's pretty good. So, I don't know a lot. I don't, I don't have a lot of words to describe beer you're the one that was like i'm gonna be a beer expert i well i, I like to drink it it tastes good he like knows a lot about it but he can't talk about it yeah like well, i can i don't know it's hard it's hard for me to talk about the beer but it's it's like a full flavor it's it's a it's, it's got a, a lot of body it's got a lot of body yeah so it's 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 not super hoppy though i think it's 60 no it's, it's really it, yeah i don't remember what ibus it was but it was uh like it's like a it's kind of hoppy, but it has enough maltiness to really mellows out the hoppiness. So it just makes it like this full like spectrum of flavor. So there's a lot coming in, a lot while while you've got it in your mouth, and then once you swallow it, there's there's still a good amount of flavor that's like like lingering. So it's it's interesting. It's it, like it's a lot a lot like a lot of other winter ales or like uh, like the Christmas ales some uh, some breweries call them. And it's nine percent, so it's a high alcohol content. Yeah, yeah. so. It's- Gonna be fun. <laughs> um, and it's from Gateway Brewing. Gateway Brewing, yeah. Is, I believe, in Portland. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, I think cool. they're right downtown. And then Eric had to share with me, and he keeps giving me <laughs> updates, on uh, this eBird submission of a black kite. So, take it away. Yeah, so it, it was in China. I, I think it was China. Um, but it, And we'll the, post it in the show notes. Yeah, the eBird, well, if, it's, if the thread stays open. So, um... On the eBird discussion group Facebook page, somebody brought up the um, that there was a black kite submitted and with a picture, and it was literally a kite that's black, like a kite that someone's flying on a string that's black. And they <laughs> took a picture and submitted it as a black kite, and it has 22 ratings as of the recording of this, and it's rated as a two-star observation, uh, two-star photo. So 
kind of out of focus, hard to tell what it is, but it's it's definitely a kite, not a not a bird kite, but a, a string kite. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong, no. <laughs> no, it's not wrong. It's a black kite, for sure. But um, I, I assume it's been reported, um, so it, it may or may not be there by the time this is uh, published, but, but I just thought that was pretty interesting. So somebody posted it like, isn't there some sort of review process for these? And it's like, well... <laughs> There's enough photos posted every day that kind of rely on everyone to catch things as they see them. Well, and then recently there was another one that was like, what was it, a colored plover or something like that? That um, a guy in Oregon was proposing to his girlfriend and he did oh, it. ringed plover. Yeah. yeah, ringed plover. And he did it through an e-bird submission. That was really funny. Yeah, so and, it popped up in a rare bird alert. Yeah, and everybody like was really good sports about that one um, because it was posted on our local listserv, the Oregon Birders Online, mm -hmm. and people were like, oh, this is cute. You know, they weren't like, take this down now. I think there was a couple take this down nows, but but the... Um, but the majority. But the majority was, was positive, and then I think the the person that submitted it um, followed it up real quickly with, um, I'll, ta I'll take this down after 48 hours or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they did. They were really on top of that. Yeah, to try to keep people from hate mailing them. But that was, <laughs> that's pretty clever. Yeah. It's you different. didn't try that hard. No, I didn't try that hard. <laughs> You're going to need to try it again. Oh, okay. I see. Well, dang we'll it, you screwed me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we had a couple new reviews. Uh, one was from a month ago, uh, and it was posted, I think it was posted to Stitcher. And that one, we don't, like, get auto-aggregated of the reviews. So I was just like... It happens to answer. I was looking at Stitcher and I saw we had a new review. So thank you. It's from Guy B who says fun podcast informative too. Hannah and Eric present interesting information in a very comfortable and enjoyable manner. So thank you so much for your review and we really appreciate it. And then, um, you know, we, we try to be comfortable and we try to be enjoyable. I yeah. feel like I have a very NPR thing going on right now. Eric hooked me up with a, a lapel mic. Yeah, we're tr we're trying a whole we're trying some different uh, audio equipment that I've had sitting around for a little while. So and, we'll, we'll see how these work. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm talking like Terry Gross. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's making me feel weird. Like if he gives me a Madonna mic, we'll see how that makes me feel. So maybe next time. Um, but thank you so much for your review, Guy B and Eric. Would you like to read that one? Yeah. So we've got Andrea C. Um, she says a great bird nerd podcast, which I feel we are definitely bird nerds. And we're so trying. I'm, I'm glad she says great and not like lame bird nerd <laughs> podcast, but that's awesome. Thank, you thanks, can Andrew. say that, but yeah. just as long as it's five stars. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, she also says, um, I'm so appreciative that bird nerd things like this exist. I'm a quote unquote first year birder. So on my ho on my hunt for anything that would help me learn more, I found Hannah and Eric. This podcast is informative, educational, funny, and enjoyable to listen to. Give it a listen and you'll enjoy it. And find them on, on the socials. They're fun there too. Well, I'm glad people think that we're fun on <laughs> on the socials, as Andrea calls them. Yeah. Especially after last time when I was like at the end, like, it's tearing me apart, all the social media. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for your reviews. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're excited that people still continue to listen to us after like a year and a half of doing this. And, and by the way, Andrea, I am going to refer to them as the socials. <laughs> from for for as long as I can remember to refer to them like that. Follow us on the socials. On the socials, I like it. I'll hopefully I remember by the end of the episode to to mention it again. And if you if you uh yeah right you're, you're gonna forget in five minutes. Uh, seriously. 
Um, I need to write it down so I remember. And if you've been following us on the socials, you'll know what my big news is that I hinted at in the last episode. But I have been so excited uh, to accept the uh, invitation to join the Champions of the Flyway team, the Women in Step. So we are going to Israel in March. So I can compete in the Champions of the Flyway. And we're trying to get Eric hooked up with the team, too. We'll see. I, I have my fingers crossed that someone someone will be starting another team of some sort. I don't I don't know anyone that has the means to get to Israel. So I don't know if I can okay. start a team. <laughs> Does anyone want to join yeah. Eric? <laughs> yeah, we, we could be a team. I don't know how many people we need to have. Probably at least three. Probably. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a, like a, 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 a couple or a pair. I'm not doing the the competition with you also. No, no, no. Okay. Maybe I'll do it by myself. Maybe it'll be Eric goes birding. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to raise $10,000 for the step you go all by myself. Man, that would be impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and you won't have a car, so you'll do it all from the I'll hotel. Do it all, I'll do it all from by foot. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do a human-powered. <laughs> a a, hu- a human-powered Champions of the Flyway. Single-person single team. <laughs> well, and if you see that, please donate to him. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I, I'm really excited. The Champions of the Flyway is a competition that we've only known about for the last couple of years. And it is something that always seemed like, oh, we would never do that, you know, or we'd never be able to do that. It's like the last couple, like we, I heard, of, we heard about it like four or five years ago, like the, when we were really starting to get into birding. And then like in the last couple of years, I've been just thinking like, man, that, that would be so awesome if we could ever like go over there and just like see what it's like but then, then then this year all of a sudden you're competing <laughs> yeah so what happened was i have this friend amy who uh we met when we did the marble mirrorlet survey in the summer and she posted online about oh she's she's on this team and it's an all women's international team and it's the first of its kind and so i was like oh that's super cool let me know if you need a podcaster to join in <laughs> and so then she messaged me and she was like um yeah sure do we need <laughs> another person so, like, it was all just wild and telling my mom, and she's all like, oh, do you really want to go to Israel right now? And I'm like, of course, mom, I always want to go to Israel. <laughs> so we're excited. It's going to be cool. Um, the team name is the Women in Step, and the whole event is a fundraiser for a BirdLife International um, fundraising that they do every year, and they pick a different animal a different bird and this year they picked the step eagle which is a species that's in decline so we don't typically ask for you guys to fund to donate or anything like that because we don't want your filthy money <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you could help out and donate to my team that would be super cool i'm going to start an etsy store and sell binocular stickers like the one by one stickers that like ebird has um so please buy my stickers. The proceeds from that will go to funding or to fundraising for this team. So uh, I'd really appreciate it, and we'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely link to that in the show notes. And we're not keeping any of the money as of now, unless we get a crazy ton amount of orders. We're not going to keep any any of the money whatsoever, even for the. We're just going to eat the cost of the stickers. Yes. Yeah. So, so we paid for the stickers. So a hundred percent of the of the donation goes right to the step eagles rather than us keeping it unless you guys order so many that we have to order a whole bunch of other orders then we might have to 
find a way to cover manufacturing. Yeah, and you know they're they're good <laughs> stickers. If you've gotten one of Hannah and Eric Goberding's stickers before, um, we order from Sticker Mule, mm-hmm. and they're really good stickers. And actually, I forgot about this, that if you order it from the Etsy sh- shop, and you say, like, in the comments or something, like, I am buying this Step Eagle sticker because of Hannah and Eric Goberding, I'll toss in a Hannah and Eric Goberding sticker, too. Oh, yeah, that's good. So for free, and there's another sticker. incentive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a donation. It's not like you're buying the sticker; you're donating and getting a sticker in reward. Yeah, but yeah. it's one of the the binocular stickers, so you can like stick it on your binoculars yeah. and, and show off and show off that you support uh, the Step Eagles and the champions in the flyway. Um, so we've been having some wild weather lately, which is exciting. It's mm-hmm. snowing today in Oregon in different parts, and we're getting like flurries every few minutes. That's kind of exciting. We, in addition to the to the wild weather, we've also had some wild tides. Yes. Which we, we posted on a bunch of videos on social media. Hannah posted some. I think. Yeah, I, I, I posted. Post mine. I posted it on the nonprofit that I'm on the board with, mm-hmm. and I had about twenty thousand views, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's something called king tides, which are the t- highest tides of the year, and when it couples with a storm coming in off the ocean, it can be like super exciting and crazy wild waves. And super dangerous too. Yes, yes. Very, 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 very dangerous. You have to really know what you're looking for and stay out of the path of the water. And there's no stopping the ocean. Like it, it's going to do what it's going to do. You're not going to stop it. So don't get in its way. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I feel like we're bad examples for a lot of this because somebody that saw the video on the nonprofit that I posted it to, mm-hmm. they said like, oh, how did this person get this video? They're crazy. And where Eric and I are standing is like super safe. And it's as safe as you're going to be to view it. Yeah. But we're on the top of a dune. Mm-hmm. There's an easy exit. And we're, one of us is watching the ocean at all times. Yeah. So we've got the, where, where the, where the viewpoint is that we're f- filming from three quarters of the path behind us. It's not just like a one, one uh, exit yeah. exit strategy. There's pretty much all behind us is all open and all continues to go uphill. So it's not like we have to climb over stuff. It's just uphill into more sand. So it's it's fair. It's an easy easy escape route. Yeah. Which because we we'd been watching the waves before we got anywhere anywhere near them. We're we're familiar with how far they're going each of the times. So it's but it's, it's exciting. It's a good thing to remember, you know, to be careful of the ocean. Like mm-hmm. a lot of our oh, guests, definitely. they come through and I'll ask them like, I need to word this question better, but I'll be like, what is your experience with, you know, ocean waves like during the winter? And they'll be like, what are you asking me? <laughs> and I'm, what I'm trying to ask is like, do you know about like tides? And, yeah. Because last year, Eric and I were at that same point and um, there were crazy waves coming in and there were some boys standing on a log and I like a wave came in and you know, we're from Oregon. So we know that like it only takes a couple inches of water to raise a log. Yeah. Well, the logs, it's wood. So it floats. So two inches of water will lift 6,000 pounds of wood. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how heavy it is. It's wood. It floats. And that's something that's been ingrained in us. So we know that. And these boys last year, they didn't know that. And so the waves started coming. And I, like, had to scream at them because they couldn't hear me over mm-hmm. the, the waves. It's, yeah, it's loud. Yeah, and so they jumped off and ran up the, the road to safety. But then you could see that log that they were standing on bounce around. Bounce in the, around everywhere. And yeah. Run into the to the concrete seawall and just bounce back and forth and flip over and all sorts of stuff. And they're standing up there 
just above it, like watching as it bounces around what they were just standing on. And we caught up to them and they were like, oh, sorry, we're from Florida. We don't know. Which, I mean, I get if you're not from this area, you don't know the, you know, dangers that we know. But like, seriously, just be informed. Yeah. If you're going somewhere. The ocean can be really dangerous. Well, anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, be, be, there's probably all this desert safety that we don't know. Well, and, and alligators, if you go down down to the south, be, yeah. being aware of how fast an alligator moves once... It doesn't move very fast for very long, but, <laughs> but it moves really fast for, for a minute. And everybody's like, turtles are slow. No. Turtles, turtles can be fast, too. Can be fast. <laughs> and they can also pee on you. Yeah, so there, there's, there's things to know, and it's just uh, never turn your back on the ocean. Yeah. But it's super exciting for, for us in the know. Yes. So the last thing we wanted to talk about was that the American Birding Association just announced their Bird of the Year, mm-hmm. which is a cedar waxwing, and that was done in Chicago at a, a festi- uh, an event that they had. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't that's don't that. have much else to say about it. Yep. <laughs> so now, now to the meat of the episode. We uh, we just got back from well, just got back. A couple weeks ago, we just got back from uh, San Diego and California. The last, our last episode was all about uh, volunteering with uh, San Diego Audubon. Yeah, and the California Lease Terms. And the California Lease Terms. Which I hope you listened and appreciated all the pokes in our fingers for it. <laughs> yeah, and so... This is um, what we do for you. Exactly. We get poked in the fingers. <laughs> so um, the next day after we did that um, volunteer, we, we got to spend most of the day... I think most of the day, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, going out and birding uh, around San Diego, um, doing some Mission Bay, a couple other uh, locations we hit. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's start off the birding adventure the night before we actually went birding. We went to um, Cabrillo National Monument. Yes, which it, I, we'd never been there before. And, no. Uh, my parents were like, oh, I want to take you. And we were down in California with them. It's my family's tradition to go to San Diego and Disneyland every year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we were down there. And because San Diego is really cool. So we wanted to go there for that. It's but, a nice change of pace when you come from like, like we're, currently right now it's snowing, but it's, yeah. when it's not snowing, which it usually isn't snowing, but <laughs> when it's not snowing in the winter, it's cold and rainy. And then you go down to San Diego to 75 degrees of sunny or 65 and sunny. And it's a huge difference from 40 and rainy. <laughs> But uh, Cabrillo National Monument, it's uh, on the north, I guess, north jetty of the San Diego Bay. I guess, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it's not even, it's not a jetty, it's a, it's a rock formation that sticks, it's way the heck up there. It's on the north side of the inlet. Yeah, the inlet. Sure. That's the word, inlet. Um, So it's a national monument that's uh, kind of. It's part of a um, military base that used to be there, or still is there. Yeah. And um, a portion of it is a national monument, which is for the public to come visit and kind of look at the history of that little um, military outpost. But it's one of my favorite kinds, too. Like, so we're national park junkies. We, like, go into all these, like, national parks and monuments. Mm -hmm. And it's always funny to me when people talk about, like, um, you know, like, uh, Glacier or Yellowstone or something like that because it's like yeah those are fantastic and everything yeah. but there's all these little ones national parks national monuments and locations that you probably have never heard of and you probably have never been to like yeah. we um, well you didn't go but I went to the uh, 
Klondike one in Seattle, mm -hmm. and it's literally like just a little building that talks about like the gold rush of people like going up to Klondike, and it's fascinating. And like, it's not one of those ones that people you know post about on social mm -hmm. media or whatever, but like, there's a lot of national parks that are totally underrated that well, are really cool in in Louisiana and in New Orleans. What is it, Lafitte's? Um, Jean Lafitte's, yeah, Jean, Jean Lafitte's. There's uh, two, there's that one, and then there's also the Jazz, yeah, national park, and, and both of those are just. A little tiny, They're a little hole in the wall. Yeah, just a, a room. <laughs> yeah. It, the the Lafitte's is like extra small. It's like literally like just a room and a courtyard. And I don't even think the jazz one was anything other than like a little room, and then they have jazz bands play. Yeah. So it's it there is to recognize something of cultural significance because that that's what all these national parks either cultural or natural significance, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be big to be culturally significant. Like it could be that little tiny that little tiny one little room. Or it could be thousands of acres of Yellowstone and Yosemite. But yeah. So there's a lot of really good ones that aren't just the big Everglades, you know, that everybody knows about. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the reasons that I like to go is because there's this program called the Junior Ranger Program. <laughs> and when I worked for Oregon State Parks and Texas State Parks, I was in charge of, like, administering this program at the parks that I worked at. So it was always fun to have kids come up and like they filled out all their paperwork and now they're a junior ranger and they get to have the yeah. pin and everything. But national parks, they don't have an age limit. So, <laughs> and I probably talked about this before, but um, I do the junior ranger program at every national park I go to because it's super cool and super fun and you get to learn something and um, you get a pin at the end, which is I think really neat and I have a whole wall of pins wall now of pins. <laughs> and each one is different too which is cool the one at Cabrillo was made out of wood because I the host said something about all the wood that's they there, have or there's something. a couple of them that have been made out of wood and yeah. there and there's a specific reason for like each of them have a specific reason why theirs is made out of wood but it's which, cool yeah it's interesting so there's that and then I dragged Eric and my parents all over the National Park Monument mm -hmm. um, to complete the Junior Ranger because they don't give form. it to you for free. Even if you're even if you're fully grown, they oh you still have to fill it you, out. You, you still got to do it. Yeah, you, and it's you, such you a... have to go to all the different spots. You have to look, look at the interpretive material. You have to answer the questions. And it's such a good learning opportunity. Yeah. So it um, started off with a little uh, building that has some interpretive displays in it. Mm -hmm. So we. Went and looked through that and answered the questions that were relevant to that, which took us out to um, that patio where you can overlook, oversee the whole uh, inlet. And we were watching ships come and go. And then there were all those interpretive panels that talked about the different ships, which you really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And also, it was really interesting that while you're standing there, if a ship's coming in, the um, there's volunteers that they're looking at the... Um, what's registered for um coming in and out and they'll they'll announce on the on the pa system like oh this is a such and such type of ship that usually does such and such and that's this is the this is the number on it and so for people that really want to watch like a lot of people do plane watching or train watching i'm sure there's yeah. a lot of people who do ship watching too oh i'm sure so it's, it was really interesting to see that and there was like some sort of uh some it was like some sort of stealth ship or something that came in it was like really oddly shaped it was like a um a trimaran coming in it was it was it was kind of cool I have no looking idea what that is. yeah it has like three holes oh, it has okay. a center hole and then Try, it has two, i get it yeah and then it has the two two outside holes but they're they're all kind of kind of connected but mostly connected on top so it's they, it was a really interesting ship coming in and they say a little bit about it and then it goes on in 
So then uh, the Junior Ranger book took us up to the lighthouse, mm -hmm. which is it's kind of a little lighthouse. Well, it's way up on top of the hill, so it doesn't need to be big. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a giant Fresnel lens, which mm -hmm. that's the, the kind of light, or that's the, the glass that shines the light, I guess. Yeah. Would be um, the best way of the, describing it. The guy, I can't remember what his first name was, but something Fresnel. He French. Uh, French, yeah. It's F-R-E-S-N-E-L. Yeah. Fresnel. Fresnel. Um, he, he invented a way to focus light using glass, um, in, in a lens, which actually his design for that is used in like almost all lighthouses. And then in addition to that, it's also used in really, really high end camera lenses. The, um, the design of that, the, um, I, I was looking at like some, um, Nikon lenses that were like, they were like $20,000. Yeah. I was like, Oh, stuff. it has Fresnel technology. That's Fresnel technology. It's like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lens. It's like, okay, this is like a, a whole year's salary. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, but using Fresnel technology. Yeah, and we also like lighthouses, so that's cool. <laughs> or I like lighthouses. Um, and then it took us onto a trail that overlooked the Pacific Ocean. That mm -hmm. had an overlook that I'm just gonna keep saying that. Overlook. That had um, uh, displays about whales and kelp forests and the kelp beds and just offshore we were like looking at the water and we we're like why is it so flat over there <laughs> when there's all these like waves and ripples and everything and it's because it was the kelp forest yeah and and like in between the waves because the waves weren't huge but in between the waves you could see when it would drop down you would see the leaves of the kelp across the top of it when you're looking through your bin through the binoculars down there and it was basically as far as we could see up and up and down the coast was the kelp forest, and it, it only went, like, a couple miles out, but it was just, like, this band of just, like, kelp the whole way, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Was like, and just imagine how many fish and how much how much stuff is living down there inside that kelp. <laughs> Seriously. We didn't see any <laughs> sea otters, though, and I wanted to see some sea yeah, otters. We were really far away from them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they, might have, they might be down there hiding inside the kelp. <laughs> uh, but, of course, we birded along the way, too, and mm -hmm. we, we probably only walked a mile or so, but we had, uh, there was a whole flock of bush tits and we did hear wren tit calling yeah, yeah, just just one wren tit while we were right, right there at the point looking at the kelp forest yeah we were like is that a wren tit <laughs> um california towhee was down where you could see the ships uh red tail hawk flying over pelicans of course cormorants mm -hmm. it's a pretty good spot and it, it's actually like the uh best hot spot in all of san diego county i, I think people do a lot of hot spot dragging but oh, you think so? I, I think so, but not, not like super far, but like they'll, they'll walk like all the way back or oh. it's like everywhere out on that point, I think it gets congregated to the national monument. Oh, okay. But, but it's, there, there's a lot, there's all good habitat and then there's also a lot of like really good views you can see a long ways. So during migration, I could definitely see a lot of stuff coming across the, oh, coming yeah. across the bay and stopping e either momentarily or stopping to rest for a while. Yeah, definitely. One way or the other. And getting a lot of migrants and stuff there. Yeah, so um, definitely hit that if you find yourself in San Diego. I thought it was a really good spot and mm -hmm. also enjoyed Junior Ranger. Um, so don't overlook that. If you're an adult and you want to have a different experience with a national park or a state park, ask if they do a Junior Ranger program or make your kids do it because <laughs> it is a lot of fun and it's a good way to learn stuff.
Yeah, and it forces you to actually read the stuff. So then you don't, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, you don't just like wander around mindlessly because you're actually filling out and engaging with the interpretive material. Yeah, and in interpretation, in environmental interpretation, we talk about like people that are, I can't remember the phrases, but it was like you look at it for three seconds, you look at it for 30 seconds, or you look at it for three minutes. And I'm a three-second person that I'll look at the pictures and then go on to the next one. I'm, I'm definitely a three-minute person. I'll, I'll read the entire thing. Yeah. I won't retain it, but I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will, and then you'll like tell me about it later. No, sometimes. Um, but one of the cool things about the National Monument that I wanted to talk about before we move on is that uh, the host was telling us about this, the volunteer, and you might look it up to make sure that I'm Back correct. Check. Yeah. Check us. But uh, there's something about Pearl Harbor that there were different uh, call stations that from Pearl Harbor, they would call into, you know, back in the 40s. Mm -hmm. And when Pearl Harbor happened, you know, the whole destruction there and everything, mm -hmm. um, the Cabrillo National Monument was the one that was relaying all the information from Pearl Harbor into the U.S. So it was that little spot right there that that told everybody what was going on. So it's crazy. That's the one really cool thing about that spot. Well, I mean, not cool. Yeah. Interesting. Historic, historically important. At least that I'm going to retain. Yeah, yeah. So that that evening we went to um, we went up to La Jolla, which wasn't isn't really that far from there. No. It's just a little bit north, um, because um, Hannah's parents had gone and seen uh, sea lions. Also, we wanted to check out and the multi million dollar houses. That's true. Dri drive drive along the, the the million dollar views on the left and the million dollar houses on the right. Yeah. Is, is that what the <laughs> what the lady told us? I don't know, but that's pretty clever. <laughs> Yeah, so you're, you're driving along and there's like these monster houses on, on your right and then on the left is just like ocean and just like fantastic, like especially at sunset. And so we, we went down to La Jolla and there's a cove down there. Um, seems, I think, I think it was really famous for surfing surfing in that, right in that yeah, spot because it's, so. the waves are concentrated and there they're big waves too. But it was dark, so not a lot of surfers surfing. <laughs> Um, but we saw a bunch of sea lions, like tons of tons of California sea lions, um, and also some really disturbing human behavior yeah, with the seriously. sea lions. There were some access points that like weren't great to get down towards the water, but people were getting like jumping over the the berms. Yeah, so it was it was like a four foot tall wall, and they're just like ju jumping over this wall and like approaching the sea lions. And the sea lions hated it. And they they're they're down there just going brrr, and just like. Is that making, how they sound? Making chewy sounds, yeah. <laughs> they're um, <laughs> they're they're just yelling and and burping and like slapping and the people are just like laughing and it's like oh my god. Like there were hundreds people. of them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So please respect wildlife. That's not cool. And yeah, they were like filming it and like oh look what I can do to the sea lion and those poor things just you know like big tubes of toothpaste just sitting there. <laughs> No, that's the seals. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now the sea the sea lions, their feet can swivel. That's right. So they're not tubes of toothpaste. But they also have ears. <laughs> that's true. They have they have ears. And... So yeah, respect the sea lions. Yeah, respect them. But if you go to La Jolla, I mean, definitely check out the sea lions because they're all over the. It's not a beach. It's rocky shore. Yeah. And it's cool to go see them. Yeah, and they're and they're having a good time, relaxing. Yeah. Sun sunning themselves or mooning themselves in the and night. There are hundreds of them, man. But it didn't smell. Yeah, that's for sure. Because they eat fish. Well, and they're burping. <laughs> so crude. <laughs> so um, after we checked out the sea lions, we um, headed in to um, get some dinner because it was, I think it was, get, it was getting kind of late. We uh, we went to Stone Brewing for dinner, got uh, 
kind of a disappointing experience at Stone Brewing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah we had we were kind of frustrated. So, just a couple things about Stone. They and this isn't like a deal breaker for me, but they don't serve French fries, which I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> Um, what like, kind of brewery doesn't serve well, French fries? Well, I mean, like, you burgers and stuff, and then they, like, don't have fries. Like, okay? So I got a salad, which is perfectly fine with me. But my dad and I were both getting, like, a side salad to go with the burger. And um, they're like, what kind of dressing do you want? And my dad was like, uh, how about blue cheese? And they're like, we don't have that. Okay, how about ranch? We don't have that. Okay, honey mustard? We don't have that. And so I was like, what do you have? And they just, like, had a vinaigrette. That was... It was, like, house-made vinaigrette and house-made balsamic. Yeah, something like that. But then, like, when it came, it was, like, a spring mix, like, tossed in the dressing, and that was, like, it. So, <laughs> it was, silly. like, yeah. <laughs> it just all seemed silly. And then Eric got, like, smashed potatoes. No, I, I had a, oh, I had, your... I had uh, chips. Oh, that's right. You had potato chips. chips, and I had the spiciest chicken sandwich I've ever had in my entire life, which was awesome. I liked it. I, but it's just like my face is on fire. I, <laughs> yeah, you looked was, like you were in pain. Oh, it, I was miserable, but it was good. <laughs> so if you, if you get the spicy chicken sandwich there, if you ever go there for any reason, it's spicy chicken sandwich. Get it. If you don't like spicy, get it on the on the light side, because <laughs> because they they had like two. They had like regular crazy spicy, and then like a, a lighter version that was like not as spicy. I got the regular version, and it was. It was spicy. <laughs> well, and then we were, we had some growlers with us, and so we were going to fill those up because, like, we like stone beer. Yeah, stone beer is good. Yeah, and they had a couple on there that I really wanted to try. Because um, when, when you go to the actual brewery, you get a lot more options than oh, yeah. what you get in the store because they're not going to ship everything. They make a couple small batch things and whatnot. Yeah, but, like, the growlers that we have, you know, have screw tops on them, like, most, you know, $8 growlers that you get a brewery. And we walked in, and we were like, oh, can we get these filled? And they're like, we don't fill screw top growlers. And we're like, okay, well, that's what, like, 99% of all growlers are. And the, the the guy filling it admitted, he's like, yeah, we're the only brewery that doesn't. It's like, so then why? Well, if you're the only brewery that doesn't fill it. He was like, oh, we don't because um, because it's not sanitary. No, no, no. It's because it, oh, no, it, it doesn't retain the freshness of the beer. You're right. That was it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know why everybody in the world makes it that way. So we're, we're literally going to fill this up, go back to the motorhome, and drink it tonight. Seriously. It's like, <laughs> I'm drinking this on the way home. <laughs> well, so. like, we, we, we just wanted wanted to get our beer in to go, and, had, and so we just didn't get any beer to go. So That's that was kind of loss. a disappointing evening. <laughs> um, which, if you like stone brewing, you know, that's great and everything, but I don't think I'll go back. I'll still drink their beer. Yeah. Well, you like free... their arrogant bastard, don't you? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. They have a good IPA. Okay. Well, there's something. Yeah. So uh, the next day we were camping on Mission Bay. So my parents have an RV and they take it down and camp at this uh, Mission on the Bay RV park, which is on the north side, right next to the 40 acres of wetland that still remain. The, the that only we, bit of Mission Bay that's still wetland. That we talked about in our last episode. Um, and we've stayed there many times, and I really like that RV park. It's it's really nice. They have a nice pool. There's like a cafe and just a ton of sights, mm -hmm. and it's literally right on the bay, so you <laughs> can like see tons of wildlife. Yeah, yeah. You wake wake up first thing in the morning and just look south, and there's the bay, and there's all the all the ducks that are sitting in the in the wetlands. You can look a little bit further. You see uh, cormorants and. 
pelicans. Pelicans and just every everything out in the open water. So it's kind of it's really it's really nice. And then we had tons of tons of hummingbirds, tons of uh, fly catchers. Oh yeah, lots. Just like all flying around. So it's really really good. Like diversity of birds right there at the at the RV park, and, and the RV that, park has a really good hotspot too. Yeah, and I think that was the first place we actually ever saw dowagers, was there, and the yeah. uh, night heron. Yeah, yeah, that was my my life for night heron was there like seven years ago or yeah. something, but um, just kind of interesting, interesting to us things about that RV park. Uh, we were staying there in two thousand four when that Indonesian tsunami happened um and like we had a crazy storm in san diego at that time too so it was like a wild christmas yeah and then later in 2010 i i, I wasn't there for the 2004 stay but 2010 um, i was down with with uh with hannah's family and hannah and i were each staying in tents um like at the little tent area of the um, rv park and we got woken up at like right at dawn because two um two older birders were just like standing like 10 feet away from our tent and well th- our, i so or, we we're yeah in different tents and mm-hmm. eric um he like knocked on the door of my tent at like five o'clock in the morning he's knocked like on the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> hello <laughs> he was like hannah no, there's flat, some flat, people flat. out here <laughs> and so like we got out and kind of put ourselves together and it turned out that um, these two guys were sitting and stake out a prothonotary warbler spot. Yeah, so it was um, a prothonotary warbler is uh, fairly uncommon for for San Diego County. So they were county listers, and they were look. It was before we knew much about listing and county and county listing. And we were pretty green birders at that time. Yeah, we were we were fairly new. We had binoculars. We we were there birding. We, that year we got our lifer green heron at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> that's true but uh but pathronitary warbler we were like okay yeah sure and he yeah he, i want to see one of those yeah he, he described it, it's like bright yellow he's like oh it's unforgettable it's a, you'll you'll definitely know it and so we we hung out with them for like an hour just, oh it just was like a couple waiting. hours yeah we're just waiting and waiting, waiting didn't see anything it's like all right well we're gonna leave now see you guys later <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was an incredible that was an unforgettable experience yeah back back in 2010 yeah yeah so um so we spent the we that's where that's where we were staying when we were in san diego and then um our day of birding now we're finally to our day of birding <laughs> after all this talk we're, we're we're gonna get down get down to business so um got up we headed over to um donut bar which, which was pretty close by yeah it was real close it was half mile mile yeah. something like that it's it's like one of the donut places to go to yes, and so we, we were like that's what i was looking for <laughs> yeah i was like you know with the inept birder if you follow him on twitter he always likes to have a donut when he goes birding so i was like okay we're gonna give that a try and get some donuts to yeah. go birding and so we went to this place and dropped like what like 30 40 dollars oh on gosh. donuts it, it's it's but, like voodoo or blue star or any of these specialty donut places they're crazy expensive yeah but, <laughs> but they're mean, good but they're crazy expensive yeah like they're the kind of people that don't have a website they just have an instagram <laughs> um, but it was really good donuts i don't even remember what we got i think i got like a filled one i got like a, a bismarck sort of thing I, th- I got like an apple fritter of some oh sort. yeah that had bacon in it it had it? bacon in it and i I wasn't a big fan of the bacon in the apple fritter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need bacon and maple on my apple fritter. Like, that's that's fine. You, you can keep your ba- bacon and maple together, but not on my apple fritter. But I had like a <laughs> one that was kind of like a Mississippi mud pie mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah. I, they, their donuts were like top oh, notch. Oh, yeah. And and the, the dough was, it's really high quality dough. Like it's not, it's not like you're going to go down and get like donuts 
Yeah. <laughs> like hostess donuts or anything like that. It's really high quality dough. And they so had it's, a, it's good. They had a milk bar that was part of it, so that's kind of fun. Like I mean, it's like taps oh, with yeah, milk yeah. <laughs> coming out of it. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, but we expected to like wait in line. <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody there. There was nobody there. They're, like we showed up, and some lady was like standing outside. She's like, "Hey, can, can you take my picture in front of the in front of the picture or in front of the sign?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take the picture." There was like nobody there, which is, which is interesting. So check it out if you go to San Diego. It was pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, we went on to the jetty, the actual jetty, which is not what I said earlier. Yeah. It's it's the inlet to Mission Bay. So um, so we went to that went to the jetty. We um, it's really good birding. So there's um. Or a river out, outflow right next to the right next to where yeah, the San Diego River, the San Diego River, um, right next to the Mission Bay, and the water is is really low and it has a lot of vegetation out in the middle of it, so it's really good for birds out there. In addition to just things flying by and things hanging out on the jetty itself, so we headed out there, and kind of one of the first things that we saw was a giant group of um, white pelicans. Oh yeah, which got. Every single person that walked past us was like, "Oh, did you see the pelicans? Oh, did you see the pelicans?" Like, yeah, they're so huge. And we had to talk to him about how they're like, they're like really big, how big their wingspan is. And the people are like, "I never even knew that they were so big." Yeah, because so, there were a lot of like bikers and yeah. walkers, and everybody was just like amazed by these pelicans, which is like, "Oh, yay! We're <laughs> all these people are into birds." <laughs> yeah, they're they're so excited to see birds. That's, that was cool. So, so there there was that, and then there was an, there was another weird thing. So. We uh, saw a guy that uh, was doing oh, some the weird. Guy? The pigeon guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, it's weird. So, so there's like a, a point right before the sidewalk starts to get onto the jetty that there's like a couple cars parked, which we couldn't figure out how you like drove out there because it looked like you weren't supposed to. It looked like it was a bike path, but then there was cars at the end of the path. Yeah, and so. this guy was like he was tossing out something on the the ground, like bird seed or bread or something. Yeah, and so he had all these pigeons around him, which I've seen people do that before. Yeah. But then all of a sudden like he picked something up and like a pigeon was like on the other end of it. Yeah, he he had like he he had set some snare traps down like all around him and then he was like feeding these pigeons, and then he like pulled the snare trap tight, and then picked up one of the pigeons, and it's like, what is he gonna? And like we were we were like we were pretty far away from this guy, like kind of watching him in our binoculars, because <laughs> it was like, what is going on? This guy's weird, and he's standing out there barefoot. Yeah. And he, and he goes and he carries the pigeon over to his car, and it's like, oh man, is this guy gonna like kill this pigeon and eat it? Like what is what is going on? And I think I'm not sure. I think the pigeon had something tangled around its foot. And so he was trying to catch it because when the he he let the pigeon go after a few minutes, but when the pigeon flew away, its foot was like super deformed, like it like maybe it had caught something and it had a bunch of scarring on its foot, but its foot was like really deformed like when after he let it go and and there was nothing nothing like attached to the bird once it flew away like we saw it up close and it was. Like nothing was wrong, but it was really weird. Like I this was guy. just really worried about that pigeon. Oh, like, what is gonna happen I thought, to this poor thing? I thought it was gonna be like a whole situation where he just like kills this pigeon and like puts it in a cooler or something. Do not let somebody yeah. kill a pigeon in front of me. Oh my gosh, that was that was weird. So that happened, and then uh, we just walked on out to the <laughs> end of the as far as we could on the jetty, and there was a guy that was kind of shadowing us, like walking closest to us mm-hmm. and i set down the scope and we were looking at some shorebirds across the the river and he was like how far can you see with that <laughs> i was like i i don't know what you're asking well like that, that that's big how far can you see yeah 
It's like, well, we can see Hawaii. It's like, well, it depends how, you know, how high you are and like what obstructions there are in your way. Like we used to say when I worked at the lighthouse in, in Oregon that like from, because we were so high, you could see 21 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, if you're at sea level, that's not going to be the same thing because I, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I'm cause not you, that smart. Well, cause of the curvature of the earth. So yeah. if you're really high, you can see further, further out on the horizon than if you're standing at sea level. So you're kind of limited by the curvature of the Earth, which is which is interesting to say that our we have optics like that optics are good enough that the limitation becomes the curvature of the Earth. Like it's <laughs> That's for pretty it's, wild. I mean, we can't see detail that far, but if there were to be a boat out there on the horizon, we would be able to see that there is a boat on the horizon, eighteen miles out or something. Yeah, but like that was just like. I don't know how to answer that question. What do you yeah. mean, how far you can Well, I can see 20 feet really, really good. I can see 30 <laughs> feet really good. Like, the further out you go, the, the less well you can see with it, but... Anyways, the jetty was really good. A um, lot of things in that San Diego bay, or in the, the river. Mm-hmm. Um, Surfbirds, we had... Uh, Some Tons of surfbirds, ton, turnstones. Got lots and lots of barbled godwits. And uh, black-bellied plovers were out there, mm-hmm. and Brant. So it... I got a picture of a Brant that was chewing a piece of uh, seagrass, and it just reminded me of the dinosaur that's in in Disneyland so much that it's just standing there chewing some seaweed. Because <laughs> it's 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 sticking out of its mouth, and and it, it like sucks it up like a noodle, like it's like swimming away from it us. It can't and, like, suck it up. I know I can't suck it up, but it's like, it's like the way it's chewing it, it's like sticking out like a foot out of it's like from touching the water with its neck up. And as it goes, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter until all of a sudden the piece of seagrass is gone. Oh my gosh. You guys don't know what it's like birding with him all the time. This this bird. We're together 24 (laughs) seven. Um, help. (laughs) Um, and then, so we, it was good birding out there. We ran into some super nice guys, Monty and Dartouche, at the end of the jetty that were biking. And, like, what are you looking at? You yeah. know, so a lot of interesting, um, or people that were interested in birds. Mm-hmm. So that's refreshing. Yeah. Normally people just ignore us. Yeah, mostly just ignore us. <laughs> uh, or, so, or they ask us what we're shooting. And it's like, well, we don't have any weapons. So we're not <laughs> shooting anything. Yeah. We're, we have a scope and some binoculars. So then we continued to drive around Mission Bay a little bit, try to find different places to go yeah, check out. Try to find some little pockets of habitat. There's so much stuff to see around Mission Bay. Like yeah, every has, time we pull over, there's more. It has 27 miles of uh, bay frontage. Yeah. Like that's just and wild. The, and there's a hiking and biking tra- trail that goes the entire perimeter plus all sorts of cut throughs and stuff. So there's, there's a lot of activity outdoor recreation that can happen around Mission Bay, which is kind of cool. So um, from there, after we spent some time driving and kind of stopping at little pullouts and stuff, we ended up heading up to um, Tecalote Canyon Natural Area. Because we heard there were a couple of our target species that could be seen there. Yeah, so um, we ended up, where we ended up birding was kind of, there's three access points. There's the Tecalote Canyon Interpretive Center, Mm -hmm. and then a couple miles north of that or maybe not even a couple like maybe one mile north of that there's a another access point that's like in the middle of a neighborhood and then there's another access point all the way at the far northeast side of the canyon 
So we ended up at that second one that's kind of a mile north of the Interpretive Center. That's in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah, because it, it's closest to the GPS coordinates for the Ebert hotspot. So that's how, how we ended up there. Yeah. But um, we ended up wa- walking a little ways, I think. Um, it was a total of like uh, maybe about a mile or so of total hiking that we did. And it was it was pretty birdie. So started off a couple sparrows, a couple... Uh, just um, uh, red tail flying super high, oh, northern yeah. mockingbird. Um, pretty pretty birdie. Lots of tons of yellow rumps. Um, lots of California towhees. Lots of California towhees. So if you want California towhee and you're in <laughs> San Diego, San Diego, go go right to Tucker. Yeah, Canyon. and the, the kingbirds too. The Cassin's kingbirds. Yeah, super vocal. Just hanging out. I got um, audio recordings and which I think um, this episode I'm using that as one of the as either the intro or the outro. Haven't decided which, but the Catherine's Kingbird recording that I got there, um, and then we ended up finding one of the target species, or so we thought. Yeah, so <laughs> one of them was uh, Costa's hummingbird, mm-hmm. and we saw hummingbird on a branch, and we're like debating over what what it is, and Eric's like, "Its bill is obviously decurved." And I, I, was okay. all, I, I was all about looking at the bill and then also the gorget. So the um, on, on a Costas hummingbird. So you have to differentiate Annas and Costas yes. at that time of year where we were at. Yeah, so the, we, there's both Annas and Costas. We had we had Annas. We actually ended up seeing an Annas at the same time as this mystery bird that I still swear has got to be Costas or hybrid or something. I don't know, but... <laughs> It's Anna's slash Costas. That's what it is. I started off as a Costas, the eBird reviewer, then uh, sent me an email and said, hey, this isn't a full... Say, you're wrong. Yeah, so thank Rude. goodness for eBird reviewers, but uh, eBird reviewers. Took a lifer from us. <laughs> but um, it, I got a couple of pictures. The Gorgets, um, it looked it looked like it extended a little bit further down than an Anna's does. Um, it was kind of stringy, too, like um, individual feathers sticking out rather than a solid line around it. And uh, it was darker or what appeared to be darker than Anana's, like more of a purple rather than the red. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'll leave it as a slash, and we'll have to go back to San Diego and see another one. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, it's also a tough time of year to, like, differentiate these things. Yeah. So. Well, it's not breeding season, so, exactly. like, th- things, last year's, last year's um, males that were born last year are starting to get a gorget, but they're not, like, fully formed, yeah. so they could be a little bit ratty, so there's... So we'll get you someday, Costas. Seriously. Um, so then we kept on going down the trail after we thought we had gotten that. Mm-hmm. And just, gosh, tons more yellow rumps in the, the bushes. We were on a path that was right next to a stream. And then we heard a knocking, and it's like, uh-oh, uh, Eric's woodpecker. <laughs> go. I, I was so excited. I, I I couldn't contain myself switching between audio and pictures. I just walked down the trail because I was like, I'm just going to get in the way here. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so we we saw it um, a, a Nettles woodpecker. Um, we actually had two of them. Um, they were calling back and forth to each other, but uh, calling, knocking, feeding, just hanging out, and not in good likes. It was at the top of a tree, like you know. Every time you have a, a super exciting lifer, it's hard to see. <laughs> but um, but I got I got some <laughs> some really good looks through the binoculars at them. Got some really good looks through the through the camera we got really good we got to listen to him like constantly so eric was in heaven I, it was i was so excited so excited i i'm down i think i have three more woodpeckers left for north america that's not bad yeah i'm, I'm getting closer 
yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited. I was especially excited because a new woodpecker. <laughs> so we had to get up to Sandy, uh, to L.A. to meet with the rest of my family mm-hmm. because they had driven the motorhome up and we had the rental, so we had to make sure. Well, we had we, to get to Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we had to stop by In-N-Out Burger and celebrate our, well, we thought two lifers. Ended up being one lifer. So, but it's all right. But, Still you know, in and outs good. Yeah. It's, and it's fast. Yes. <laughs> when you um, only have three things on the menu, it's easy to be fast, I guess. Well, and it's something that, like, Oregonians, <laughs> like, love in and out Burger, but we don't have any. Well, we have one now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always really exciting for an Oregonian to go get in and out Burger. Seriously. So the next couple days, we just enjoyed Disneyland and California Adventure. Um, like I said, it's family, a family tradition. Family tradition. Yeah. We've been doing it for, like, 20 years. Um, so it's exciting to... Well, to... you're 30 now, so was, you started before you were 10. Well, yeah, but we haven't gone every single year. <laughs> That's true. We haven't gone every year. Sometimes we went during spring break. Oh, yeah. Instead of Christmas. Oh, end uh, of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was fun, you know, uh, like I said, it's family tradition, so it's always fun to see how Disneyland's changed over time yeah. and, like, from year to year. Uh, and like Eric said, it's a good burning spot. Like, we got our lifer green hair in there. We've seen lots of cormorants. And we, we had a, um, I think it was a red-shouldered hawk one year. Oh, um, yeah. That was we, the same year as the Green Heron. It was the same year as Green Heron? Yeah. yeah. It, there's, there's a little pond back by uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad that's uh, it's pretty good. It has some fake fish in it that kind of <laughs> um, bubble around and stuff. But then there's also some real fish in there that the Green Heron is after. And then uh, there was, uh, it, I, I can't remember what it was, if it was a Cooper's hawk or if it was uh, red-shouldered. It, it was... It was a, a small to medium-sized bird or hawk. Well, and then this year when we were standing in line for Haunted Mansion, there was a whole group of band-tailed pigeons that oh, were like yeah. flying around. And I posted it online. I was like, oh my gosh, we saw band-tailed pigeons. And I think it was one of our listeners like, yeah, that's where you go to get them. Like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's like the place in Orange County to get them. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> in Portland, I mean, they're, they're, they're like, like there's one place to go get them, but they're not super... Prevalent. Yeah, well, you, you just, in, in the Portland area, you just go to, like, a high elevation area and go, like, to, to the top of a park that's on a hill, and you can you can get them there, but you have to, like, be away from people. Like, you don't go towards people. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> when there's hundreds of thousands of people at Disneyland. Yeah, there's thousands of people every single day walking past, and these pigeons are just up in the up on the top of the trees, just hanging out right above people. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, there's lots of goals hanging around. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, house sparrows and yellow. There were a lot of yellow rums too. A bunch of coots. Yeah, yeah a couple coots. pictures of some coots. Of course. So birding, birding at Disneyland could be could be okay. I think we need to start a CBC there. Yeah, seriously, we've we've been saying that for the last couple of years. <laughs> we've been there. That's like, true. We need to do a CBC here. <laughs> start a circle. <laughs> um, so if somebody does, just invite us. And we'll help out. Uh, yeah. But we did get to experience the new Star Wars land, yeah. which is really cool. I can't remember what it's called. Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. yeah. And we um, even went to the bar, the the Star Wars bar. The cantina? Yeah, the cantina. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, and I got I got to meet my hero, Chewie. Chewie. <laughs> yeah. And I completely forgot to speak to him in uh, Shiriwook. But he was really excited about your beard. He was excited about my beard, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I was so excited I forgot to speak to him in his native language. <laughs> but it was really cool. <laughs> so, like, there was, there's one section where, I don't, it's not the Millennium Falcon. It's um, one of the Storm, no. It's a TIE Fighter. 
Yeah, it's TIE Fighter. Yeah, yeah that, that's a stage that they mm-hmm. do program presentations at that we didn't end up going to any. But we were standing there waiting for, I think, my mom to go to the bathroom or something. And um, a stormtrooper walked up and my dad was like... No, it, it was, it was your, your sister was gone because she's, oh, the, only, right. she's the only one that ended up missing it. Yeah, yeah and my dad was like, you little short to be a stormtrooper, aren't you? <laughs> and Darth Vader, or no, it was Kylo Ren. Yeah, Kylo Ren. Like, totally flipped out at him. He's like, you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do think it's funny. So, but if you're not familiar, that's from that's from the original Star Wars movie. I mean, we're I'm, man, we're bird nerds, we're Disney nerds, we're Star Wars nerds. Yeah, when there's when, no end. When when Luke when Luke's wearing a stormtrooper outfit, Luke and Han they they walk into Princess Leia, and she like just turns to him, "You're a little short to be a stormtrooper, aren't you?" <laughs> I thought that was so clever of my dad though. <laughs> just to go with that. Especially since it was just like this interaction. Your dad was like, Yeah, I do think I'm funny. And they were like, That's it. You're, this is over. They just they kept, kept escalating. I know. <laughs> I'm just not that quick. <laughs> Every time I see Jack Sparrow one run past, I'm like, Jack! I don't have anything clever to say to him. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. We like Disneyland, so yeah. there's that. And we had a great time in San Diego. Can't wait to go back, which is coming up soon that we will be going back. We will be going back in two months. About. Yeah. Yeah. So February, at the end of February, Mm -hmm. we'll be at the San Diego Bird Festival and we'll be doing biking and birding and a couple workshops like we've told you guys for months and months. For the last like 12 episodes, we've been mentioning it. Just kind of offhandedly. Yeah. And (laughs) we're excited to check out different things in San Diego. Of course, we... Like, we enjoyed what we did uh, this time, but I'm excited to check out Mission Bay a little bit more. Uh, Especially what... more in depth when we'll be on bikes and, like, exactly. get, getting getting the real feel of it up close. Yeah. Um, and if you have any suggestions for restaurants or breweries, let us know, because we like beer, and, yeah. Yeah, and we, we could definitely use suggestions for dinner, because we, we always eat. It's like, it's like a daily thing with us. Oh, gosh, it's constantly... Seriously. With some people. <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and then in March, we'll be at the Champions of the Flyway in Elot, Israel. Um, there is a birding festival going on at the same time. It's, it's like before. right before it, yeah. So maybe we'll try to check out some of that festival as well. Maybe. But we'll be there then. And then in April, we have the Pacific City Birding and Blues Festival in Oregon. It's on mm-hmm. the Oregon coast, just about an hour south of us, so not too far. Um, and then in May, of course, we're doing that combination biggest week, great birding, Texas birding classic, and the Indiana Dunes Bird Fest. So <laughs> don't don't come to the hotel in May and expect to find us because yeah, we probably won't be here. We'll, we'll be busy. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys all for listening to this podcast. Uh, another episode down. Or a up. thousand more to go. Yeah, you know, a million, million more to go. I don't know. However, however long you guys are. You guys are like, I thought they were almost done with this. Oh, seriously, they, 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 they don't know what they have coming. <laughs> uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed it and or learned something new. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else that you might listen to us. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can connect with us on Instagram at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding. Hannah with an H, Eric with a K. And you can follow our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding. You can follow our um, Twitter, Twitter we, at We Go Birding. Um, you can email us at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, GoBirdingPodcast.com. Yeah, you can share us with, the, share us with your friends, tell us what you hated, tell us what you liked, and... Share the love. Yeah, happy birding, y'all.